This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for this food and thank you for your nourishable life for our body. We thank you for this meal together as a family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, I'm praying for my family right now. We're all sick and we need your healing. God, I pray for this presentation today that may go well. Whatever the outcome is, just have it be your will. All right, God. So I know I'm not really ready for this test, but please help me not to fail it. God, thank you for good friends, for giving me the strength and the friendship that I need. Today's going to be so hard. God, I need your strength. Lord, please help my parents stop fighting. Lord, thank you so much for my grandparents. God, give me the strength to get my family through this. God, I'm so happy. I pray that you would bless our marriage. You've probably heard this before, but guys my age always say, what a privilege it is to be anywhere. (laughs) As long as you're vertical, right? So uh, it's always a joy to be with Jim and Carrie Ayers. Um, I've always had an admiration for both of them and their ministry. And uh, Jim and I being classmates, we ended up in the Rocky Mountain District together. And he was at Greeley. I was in Delta uh, for a while, Delta, Colorado, and then I went to pastor on the western, eastern slope. And uh, anyway, he went to be youth pastor there at Greeley, and we just had good fellowship. So the Lord bonded us together. Then our lovely wives. Um, what could we do, Jim, without our wives? Nothing, right? So, uh, so we appreciate... Uh, their ministry and we've watched them and see how god has blessed them in the ministry and and i'm i'm part of a uh a ministry network is what we call it it's actually district council um but we champion all of the pastors because pastoring and churches is where the real ministry happens um i i i've heard it said that people in my position are churchmen I'm a churchman. I'm an administrator. But we look at the pastors as being our heroes. Pastors are my heroes. All of the pastors in the United States. I look at them and I think they're, they're in the trenches, man. They're the ones that's uh, being shot at. So, Jim, I love you. Appreciate you. And we're so proud of you and Carrie and what God has been, been doing here in this church. And then, of course, uh, Don and Jackie are uh, good friends. We... We've known them since Bible college as well. And uh, just for your understanding, uh, them being missionaries, I'm a missionary kid. And so I just have a kind of like a drawing to people who are missionaries. And uh, we both have two adopted children. And so we just kind of were bonded together years ago. We've been really good friends. So it's a real privilege just to be with them. And then to have the opportunity to preach the gospel, to preach. Uh, it's, it's a calling, and I'm so thankful to be able to minister to you uh, this morning. What a privilege. Before I say anything else, um, I just want to, you know, my testimony is not a long testimony. My testimony is very short. I got saved when I was five years old. I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what a five-year-old has done that he would have to repent of. 
But my dad preached the message. My dad's a preacher, by the way. And I leaned over to my mother and I said, Mom, I want to go forward. And I went forward. And my dad, who's a very big man, knelt over the top of me and he prayed. And he, I, I prayed a sinner's prayer. Now, there were times that I wavered in my faith and my walk with God in my teenage year when my hormones were raging. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Don't raise your hand. Uh, but I'm thankful I've served the Lord all my life. That's my testimony. And I'm so thankful to be saved. Are you glad to be saved this morning? I'm so grateful to God that he cleansed me of my sin to understand the principles of what sin does in our lives and how it destroys us to know that I've been delivered of that. I just thank the Lord. So I just want to tell you this morning, that's how I come to you, a sinner saved by grace, the grace of God, and I, I testify to the Lord. I'm also glad that God gave me a wonderful wife. Um, I could not do anything what I do without that wonderful wife. Her name is Marjorie Farmer Harris. Marjorie, would you please stand? <clears throat> Mar Marjorie's mom and dad were ministers of the gospel. In fact, they served this network uh, nine years as a district superintendent. And so Don Farmer used to be the superintendent, and uh, I followed in his footsteps. And Marjorie's a wonderful woman of God and prays for me and, and counsels me. I'm not always open to the counsel, uh, but eventually I know she's right. So <laughs> those two words are very important. Yes, dear. So. <laughs> so I didn't get too many laughs, and some of you ladies just shook your head. <laughs> so I want to speak to you this morning. My first verse of Scripture I want to bring to you today is found in John chapter 4. It's actually a couple of verses. Jesus is talking to a woman at the well uh, in Samaria, and it's Jacob's well. And you know, this lady was a, a lady that had seven husbands, or actually six husbands, the one, one she's living with, not her husband. And they're talking about worship. Jesus brought her around to worship. In the 21st verse, it says, Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. And if I could just take a moment here to say that God seeks worshipers. Did you hear that? Yes. God the Father seeks worshipers. He seeks people to worship Him. So when you think about this, many people who are out in the world who are sinners don't know this, but God is seeking them. He's put the Holy Spirit on their trail. They used to call the Holy Spirit the great hound of heaven. Why did they call him the hound of heaven? Because he's seeking. He's seeking people. God is seeking you. And a lot of people believe that God hates them. He doesn't hate them. He wants them. He loves them. And he's seeking to get a hold of their lives. I'm a product of that. I knew God was seeking me. In my teenage years, I just knew God was seeking me, and I never, gave, I never gave up on it because I knew God was seeking me. 
God is the spirit, and his worshiper must worship him in spirit and truth. And then 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says, You are being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices. God has put us together. He's building us into a spiritual house. Not a building like this building. This is where we worship. But we are a spiritual house. We are being put together. We are being put together by love and purpose and the the purpose of God in order to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices. And then in verse 9 it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I like that. Don't you? God's special possession. You and I are God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful, marvelous light. Hallelujah. So that we may declare what is my purpose is to declare the praises of him, of Jesus Christ, that I may declare his praises And he put us all together so that we in this world may declare the praise of God. Hallelujah. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, I know you've heard all these verses. It says, through Jesus Christ, therefore, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. So he relates praise as sacrifice, like the sacrifices of the Old Testament, the fruit of lips confessing his name. Just imagine when God the Father hears the name of Jesus Christ being confessed. I confess the name of Jesus. The Lord is going, the Father in heaven has got his ear, his hand over his ear saying, oh, I heard my son's name. I heard my son who is the Lamb of God. I heard his name. And when he hears his name, he's attentive to the prayer or to the praise. What a powerful thought. And then in Psalms chapter 141, a little nondescript verse, as David was quoting and speaking under the power of the Holy Spirit, Psalms 141 verse 2, it says, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May my prayer be like incense, and may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. So I want to talk about those two things this morning. I want to talk about prayer as being incense, and uh, the evening sacrifice being like being our hands being put up. We all do that, don't we? We lift our hands unto the Lord. It's not only the referees at the football game that do this, right? But it's you and I. Way to go. You did a touchdown, God. We like it. (laughs) So may the Lord add his wonderful blessing to the word this morning. So as I read these scriptures and I pondered these scriptures from Psalms, I determined that David is talking about temple worship. We don't know anything about temple worship other than what's written in the scriptures in the Old Testament. But the Lord spoke to Moses and said, Build me a tabernacle in the wilderness that I might might dwell among my people. And he said the same thing to Solomon. Solomon, I've chosen this piece of ground here, and your father bought the property. Now you're going to build this because I want to dwell among my people. What another glorious thought that God wants to dwell among us. 
He wants to live among us. He not only wants to live among us, he wants to live in us. So when you're getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, getting ready to go to work, and you're shaving, of course, if you're a lady, you're not shaving, but uh, if you're like me, you're getting up shaving, you're brushing your teeth, doing all those things, and we're so tired, we didn't, can't think straight. Just think, God wants to live inside of us. Because he's living in us as a tabernacle. He's tabernacling among us. And as I read these scriptures, I realized he's talking about this temple worship, which doesn't mean a lot to us today. But if you just stop and think about these comparisons, David compares prayer with incense, and he, he uh, compares the lifting up of the hands as the evening sacrifice. So these two things are extremely important to temple worship or tabernacle worship. Let me refer you to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30 and verse 34. The Lord is telling Moses how to build the temple. Excuse me, how to build the tabernacle. And in Exodus chapter 30, verse 34, he says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Take fragrant spices, gum resin, anica, and galbalum, galbalum, Golbanum. I'm not very good at reading these words, but pure frankincense, all in equal amounts, and make a fragrant blend of incense. The work of a perfumer is to be professional. It's supposed to be done right. That God likes things done professional. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. Grind some of it to powder and place it in front of the Ark of the Covenant of the Tent of Meeting, where I will meet with you. So God is saying to them, I want you to make some incense that is going to burn, and that's how the incense, was, its fragrance was released, that it was burned in order that they might smell the fragrance. And then he says, do not make any of this incense for your own personal use. This cannot be burned in your homes. It's so, he's so strong about it. He says anybody who does this is to be cut off from their people. So he wanted this particular smell to be only done or only burned or only smelled at the temple. Um, I was just reading a, uh, something on the Internet that says that the, the sense of smell is the strongest of the five senses that you and I have. The sense of smell evokes such memories. You smell a particular smell, it takes you back to your childhood. How many has that ever happened to you? Um, a girl that I used to date when I, before I met Marjorie, um, she used to have a some kind of toilet water is what they said, I guess. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, I lost the name of it. Some of you probably would remember it. And even to this day, I smell it. I think of her. Isn't that powerful, Jim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, uh is right. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's more spiritual than I am. Um, so the sense of smell is, is very powerful when you think of worship. So you and I uh, don't, well, 
We shower, but we don't shower just so we smell good to God. We shower so we smell good to other people, right? And we put on deodorant so that at least, you know, maybe we not don't smell good, but we don't smell bad. That's my hope in life. All right? I quit wearing colognes years ago because it seemed like everywhere I went, there were people that were allergic to colognes. So now it's just average. I don't have to smell good. I just want to don't smell bad, you know. So when you come to church, you want to smell good, don't you? But it's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Because we don't burn incense in here anymore. We don't make it a part of our temple worship, but we make it a part of our worship spiritually that the aroma of our praise may rise up to God. Think about this. God has a nose. It's probably a pretty big nose. (laughs) I don't know why I say things like that. Um, Okay, we don't understand a lot of what happened in the Old Testament. There are a lot of other laws that we think are pretty stupid that people had to do. But God wanted them to understand and, uh, that when they got close to the temple or his presence and they smelled the fragrance of the incense, their hearts were already all automatically drawn to God. See, they couldn't use this anyplace else. This was only only related to God. This was only related to worship. This was only given to the worship of God Almighty through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when they smelled this fragrance, all of a sudden they just moved into a place of worship in their heart and their spirit. And that relates to us today. We just simply understand that when it comes to the fact that our worship is fragrance unto God. And the Lord wants our smell to be good. So what does he do? He puts us through the process. He salts us. He purifies us. He grinds us. And he burns us. You say, well, that's just kind of bad for God to do those kind of things. But you know what God is doing for us? God is helping us. He's strengthening us. He's taking circumstances in our life where we might be salted. We might be salted because God wants to purify us. You see, when I was growing up in East Africa, my dad would go out and hunt about every two weeks, and he would kill a very big animal like a Cape buffalo or an eland, and he would kill a few other animals along the way because that's what we ate. There were no supermarkets. There was no electricity. There was no refrigeration, and he'd go hang those animals in a barn and we would cut off a little bit as we went and you know what they did to keep them they would they would take salt and they would smear the outside of the meat with salt and if they were going to take the the hide and they were going to make the hide where we could take them and use them they would scrape them and then they would put the salt down on there to purify them because without the salt there would be decay and then what happens when we decay We begin to stink, don't we? And so God lets a little salt come into our lives to purify us, to keep the decay out of our lives. Because when we decay, we smell bad to God. Then he lets things happen. 
coming into our life, difficult circumstances. Everybody goes through difficult circumstances. Sometimes it's illness, sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's relationships, it's sometimes it's, it's your children, sometimes it's your family, sometimes it's just difficult things, losing of a job, all of these things that happen to us as human beings. Some people get bitter and some people get better. Some people get mad at God and others just praise God. And they allow the circumstances of their life to cause the purification to come through them. They allow the salting to purify them and to cause them to become sacred before the, the hand of God and to be ground into powder. And the only way that the fragrance of the incense is released is to be burned, to be consumed up. And that fragrance goes up to heaven and God smells the smell of the burning incense and he is blessed and he likes a good smell. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it says, These things have come. And he's talking about the trials and tribulations. He says, These things have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, even though it is greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So these things come, and we allow them to come, and we actually thank God for them. In fact, Paul said rejoice in these things. He rejoiced in his suffering and his difficulty. He rejoiced in the Lord and gave God praise in order that God may be worshipped in this world so that the people in this world may see that Jesus Christ is real, and he lives in us, and he lives in this world. So let me go to the second thought. David said, may the lifting up of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. Some of you may wonder if you ever, when you first came into a, a Pentecostal church, wondered why people were raising their hands. There are a lot of reasons why we raise our hand. All through the Bible, people in the, all the patriarchs of faith raised their hands unto God. But David is saying, may the lifting up of my hands be as or like the evening sacrifice. So what is the evening sacrifice? Well, the evening sacrifice was the sacrificing of a lamb. In Exodus chapter 29, you were in verse 30. If you just turn back a couple of, or a page, you will probably find verse 20, or chapter 29. And it says, this is what you are to offer on the altar. Exodus 29 verse 34. This is what you are to offer on the altar regularly each day. Two lambs, one year old. Every day they were to offer a lamb. Two lambs, one in the morning and one in the evening. Offer one in the morning and one at the, in the twilight. With this first lamb, offer, and he gives them a formula of what he's there to offer. Sac then verse 41, sacrifice the other lamb at twilight with the same grain offering, and its drink offering as in the morning, a pleasing aroma. Here we got the smell going again, don't we? A pleasing aroma of food offering presented to the Lord. So David takes both of these two temple worship aspects, 
both the burning of incense and the sacrificial lamb, and he almost takes them into the New Testament, doesn't he? And he says, may my prayer be set before you like incense. When I pray, may the sweet smell of incense. It's not used, by anything, uh, not used for anything else. We don't worship anybody else, and we don't pray to anybody else. It's holy. It only goes to God the Father, to Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And so when we pray, it's like this incense that goes up into the presence of God, and he smells the fragrance of our praise. Our, smell the fragrance of our prayer, and he is blessed. Do you think that when you pray, God is blessed? I can tell you from this scripture, you are, he is blessed by your prayer. And you may think that God doesn't hear me, but I can tell you he does hear you. Because the Bible tells me that you will pray and seek me with all of your heart, and I will hear from heaven. I will hear you. And he said, when you pray in the name of Jesus Christ, my only son, he said, I will hear and I will give you whatever you pray for when you pray in his name. So when we pray, <laughs> thank you. That's, that's good. And David said, may the lifting up of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. 730 lambs were offered every year. Innocent lambs. I do wish that maybe Pastor Jim can preach the rest of this message because I've run out of time. But when you stop and think about the lambs, we understand theologically that every lamb that was ever offered in the Old Testament and every ounce of blood that was ever offered as a sacrifice either for sin or for whatever they sacrificed it for, all of that blood pointed to Calvary, pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. John the Baptist is in the River Jordan. He's baptizing people. And he sees his distant cousin coming over the hillside and his name is Jesus Christ. And when he sees him, he stops what he's doing. The King James says it kind of poetically. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. He stopped just for a moment. And he just gave, got everybody's attention. And he said, hey, wait a minute here. Just listen to me. Look over there. And he pointed to where Jesus Christ was coming down with his disciples to the river Jordan. And he said, that man right there is the Lamb of God that was sent from God the Father to take away the sin of the world. Every lamb that was ever offered pointed to that. Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And we know what Jesus Christ did. He went to Calvary and shed his precious blood. So David said, may the lifting up of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. Is it possible that when I raise my hands to God in praise, that's like the evening sacrifice? So I don't lift my hands to God flippantly. I lift it with great reverence unto him. Because the lifting of my hands is sacrifice unto God. It is like the evening sacrifice. 
It is like the blood of Jesus Christ flowing down upon me and upon my family and who I am as a man of God. So when we lift our hands to the Lord, may it be as the evening sacrifice. May we determine down deep in our spirit that I'm going to pray with an aroma. And you know, I, I just boil it all down to this. It's all about attitude. It's all, all about having a great attitude before God. To being sweet before God. I got the advice years ago, just be sweet. Even in your difficulty, most difficulties, be sweet before the Lord and allow God to work in our life. And he'll take all of those difficulties and he'll use them for his glory and for your blessing. I guarantee that. I can prove it to you. And I do not have time to tell you the illustration of how God has been dealing with my life. But I could tell you this morning that God has dealt with my life sometimes very severely about dealing with those issues in my life. And I believe it is all about attitude, all about that kind of aroma that would come from my life. May I smell good to God. Would you say that to your Lord and Savior? May I smell good to you, O oh Father. When you smell my prayer, May it just be a fragrance that you love. I really have this thought. It's not biblical. It just comes to me that God knows our smell. <laughs> he could have his head turned. He may be, have his back turned to me. But when I pray, he goes, that must be Steve. My parents used to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what a wonderful thought in some reality that when you pray, God's hearing so many prayers. He said, that must be Steve praying to me. how God wants to hear our praise, how God wants to hear our heart, whether it's broken or whether it's joyful, how God wants to hear us pray and lift up his wonderful name. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.